You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Tuesday, it is the Outside Podcast, and lo and behold, Dave, Dave Early, who's always my co-host, um... We got Sixers basketball. I mean, it's preseason, but it still counts, right? It's something to watch. It's something to do. It's not. It doesn't just count. It was Ben Simmons versus his old team, and Tyrese Maxey played. With Ben Simmons, like, is it kind of not bittersweet, but is it kind of like it's the preseason to gauge our emotions on Ben Simmons in a Brooklyn Nets jersey playing the Sixers? I mean, it's in Brooklyn. I know fans made the trip to go up there to specifically boo him not maybe not necessarily but hey it's probably part of the trip is it premature i mean maybe maybe everybody's just getting their lungs ready for the regular season no no what 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 was the overall question Uh, do you think it's just like you think it might be a little bit early to do something like that or is it like you know what some of these fans they got to get all these ideas off their chest and uh, get ready for those regular season boos. You know what I mean? They're getting primed um, for the regular season. Given given the championship aspirations of the Sixers, given uh, how, you know, like the gravity and how often the process is talked about, given that Ben Simmons was part of it and didn't want to be part of it, was traded, I feel like you had to make that trip to go boo him tonight, even though it's an exhibition. And I, res- I respect the fans who did. Exhibition booing. We kind of, I, I appreciate it. I'm here for it. I mean, uh, that's, that's some diehard stuff. So you got you to gotta appreciate hearing that Sixers fans have turned out when Ben Simmons <laughs> goes to the line at home. Oh, yeah, right. In Brooklyn, which is absolutely, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Give Ben all the smoke whenever he's on the court against the he Sixers. Probably, he probably didn't expect it to be quite that loud when he went yeah. first one to the line. Yeah, and, I, don't, uh, I don't think I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he missed, when he bricked him, uh, there was some pretty big cheers too. So, so let's start the kind of premature analysis of the Sixers preseason game. Let's kind of kick it off with. Just two words, two words, Dave. Tyrese Maxey. Holy Lord, did he look good in the first quarter. It's the first half. I think I saw something like he had 14 points and four assists in like seven minutes. And if you translate that to per 36, again, hilariously small sample size. But it's roughly 70 points and 15 assists. Now we have to couch the whole thing, and I made this joke on Twitter because the, the he Nets did. Were, the Nets were only playing G leaguers out there tonight. So, I mean, I mean, Durant and Kyrie and uh, Simmons were all out there when Maxi was doing his thing. 
That was the joke. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Went right over my head. (laughs) Listen, I'm still getting used to when you are kind of jabbing at me a little bit, like (laughs) when I should take things seriously. We haven't been podcasting together for a long time. This is preseason for us, too. You know how you keep a straight face? I try to keep a straight voice just so you're not always positive if I'm if I'm taking a jab or, or not. <laughs> yeah, I try. You know, it's it's hard sometimes, but it's it's fine. But, um, but yeah, Ty- Tyrese came out like he thought he was completely alone in a gym and he had like two threes and six free throws before I even blinked every time he got the ball. And we had just heard Doc like kind of a candid moment with James Harden saying, any stop we get, I wanted to get to Tyrese because who's stopping him downhill? Exactly. It, it looked like Reese heard that, heard that and was like, okay, I guess nobody. Certainly not, <laughs> certainly not this team without a lot of perimeter stoppers other than Ben Simmons. And uh, no one caught up to him and he was putting the ball before anyone even realized he had it. And you're kind of getting to see what a Tyrese Maxi led offense is going to look like. Just because, you know, like you said, the spacing was all there. There was no Embiid, no Harden. So Maxi is out here. And I got to say, he, that first seven minutes or whatever, seriously looked like he was a rookie trying to make sure that he's going to get playing time. He, I remember going into last year after this moment, about a year where we were like, oh, dude is way too good for preseason. Get him out. Well, first we did it with, yes. first we did it with summer league, right? We were like, oh, he's way too good for summer league. Get him out. Put him on. Right, we're good. We're fine. We, yep. You, and you showed uh, us and, all we need to see. <laughs> and this looked the same. I was like, okay, I didn't need to see. He played 14 minutes. I didn't need to see the last seven. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate it. Like yeah. I, I had fun watching it, but the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm just like, oh my God, take him out, take him out, Get take him, him out. out right now. <laughs> Get him out of here. Um, but no Embiid, no Harden, so we couldn't really see what the complete starting lineup looked like. I, Tobias Harris was out there. Uh, Tobias looked okay. He was 2 of 10 at the half. And I don't know. I'm not going to put too much stock into that because it, I feel like Tobias plays a lot differently and a little bit better when he has Embiid and Harden on the floor giving him those matchup problems. Like if he's on a smaller... If he's on a smaller three or on a slower four, like I, you know, Brooklyn had options early to kind of get in his way. Uh, the the two of ten I think was actually Melton, but Melton, I'm sorry, but what? but you're talking about Harris, right? So right, right, right. I think Harris, he looked pretty much the same. Like it's hard to tell if he's made. Obviously, you're not going to say like he made substantial improvements over the offseason, but he did say he worked on having a quicker trigger. Right. And he did display that. I, I, I felt did that see that. Had, yeah, I thought he pulled really quickly. That's something that he wanted to work on and expressly worked on when the James Harden trade happened. And we were kind of saying, like, dude, Maury balled his game on the fly heading into that Toronto series. So Correct. We, we liked a lot of the stuff we saw from him in the playoffs last year. Um, I thought he was a really good defender in the playoffs as well until – Jimmy Butler realized that no matter who is on me, even including Joel Embiid, I can literally score every time I want. It didn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, but Harris, uh, you know, I, I think he, he also said he wants some more opportunities ball handling. So getting out in transition, maybe a couple pick and rolls in the regular season, 
and the quicker trigger, which we did see one of the one of those three tonight. Jackson Frank penned a piece before the preseason game, and it was three things to watch for the Sixers preseason. Can't really discuss his first or second point, but we can kind of get into his third point. And the question was, how often do De'Anthony Melton and Matisse Thibel share the floor, and what does it look like? Matisse started the game, so you kind of saw what Matisse was going to be bringing to the table, obviously the defense. I thought Matisse looked at least willing to continue to take those like corner threes or the, the side threes. I, I I like it. I appreciate it. You know, it's, he has to at least be perceived as a threat to, to shoot. Right. Yeah. He he's clearly made an alteration to his jump shot. Um, I noticed that too. His jump shot does look different. His right elbow is in, I would say significantly, he hasn't addressed all the things he needs to address his, his right elbow needs to be, and he needs to extend his right arm fully. He's still not really coming close to doing that. His left hand, his left hand is still heavily involved. There's still a lot of backwards movement. So the ball, when he brings it up from his hip, it then goes very close to his forehead before it starts moving forwards. Uh, and he doesn't have a great clean follow through. So I'm not expecting tremendous strides. He's a career 32% from the corners. I believe he was much better last year, but it's still a small sample from the corners. I have a hard time seeing him getting big rotation minutes this season because I'm sure that Doc Rivers is going to trust PJ Tucker. I'm, I'm allotting him in there 100%. And then I think that he's going to trust DeAnthony Melton and D- Daniel House first. So, unfortunately, I think so too. How uh, Melton is a streak shooter, and we saw that tonight. He was only two of 10, even though he looked good defensively. So, he's going to have those spells. And I think Doc is one of those coaches who does really believe in the hot hand. You know, you've got your analytic minded coaches who are like, ah, this, the guy who missed four in a row, he's probably going to hit his next three. And then you've got your coach like Doc, who's a little more old school. Like if you've hit two in a row, I need to see how your next two go. Um, so if you've missed three in a row, we've seen Doc have a quick hook for guys. So I have a hard time seeing Matisse cracking the rotation for regular minutes if House is healthy. We did learn today House is dealing with like a stiff neck. They said that's not a big deal. But if the full rotation is healthy, even with the new enhancements to Matisse's jumper, I'm like – do I really think they're going to experiment a lot with Melton Matisse lineups? I would say no. Right. I, I also agree with that. I mean, we saw a little bit of it tonight with Melton and Matisse on the floor. I liked it. Yeah. One thing I will say is that that is, that is a terror defensively. And I will say with, that with Reed out there too. It was like Kyrie would drive and he knew he sensed that he, even though he completely blew by his man, he sensed, that Matisse was tailing him. So he didn't want to shoot. And that was yep. a very, that was a big deterrent. So he kicks it out and the ball swings, swing and Matisse recovers to contest the jumper. And Paul Reed was there to greet him at the rim. There were a lot of deflections in that Melton Matisse Reed lineup. If I, if I recall, Reed, Reed is a menace defensively. I really like him. I hope there's minutes for him. Um, I do too. You could see how he moves his feet really well. I, I was just going to point that out because it just seems like Paul Reed, he had, he feels it looked like he has a better field defensively. 
like how his foot needs, how his feet need to work, where his body needs to be, where his hands have to be, like what positions he needs to be in. I feel like he's gotten a little bit more comfortable versus the end of last season. Like, I feel like Paul Reed kind of has a better idea of where he needs to be and what he needs to be doing with his body and extremities. Yeah. The, yeah. The offense, he, he did have a tough foul, I think on Durant. He like, yeah, that a jumper. Um, he did have a, okay. A little too ambitious trying to get the steal on one end and coast to coast for the finish on the other when he should have just passed it. So he's raw, but his innate ability is on the defensive end and you like what he brings there. I don't know if they had to make any promise to Montrez Harrell to get him for the price they got him at in terms of backing up and bead and the minutes and the rotation, but I would imagine so, but it would feel like a shame if they couldn't find room for Reed, at least the four, if not backing up the five, because I want to see some of these lineups you're talking about Matisse, Melton, Reed. Any thoughts, any thoughts about uh, Ben Simmons's first uh, half as a Brooklyn net? I mean, for me, it was just a lot of the same that I've seen over and over again. There was really nothing new about it other than, you know, Tyrese Maxey absolutely cooking him. Yeah, if I were a Sixers fan, I guess I would have been. I am a Sixers fan. So you I mean, enjoy if <laughs> you enjoy. Well, gonna, there, that's, just, that's there, just because I'm going to give you the next POV next. Is there, you, is there some breaking news that you need to uh, reveal to the listeners here? No, no, no. I'm just going to give you from both sides. Okay. Um, all right. From the Sixers fan, you love seeing that he has not, he's clearly not worked on a shot. He doesn't seem like he's got a plan to shoot. He joked about JJ Redick, like, yeah, I'm going to shoot 20 shots a game and straight. Not in the least. Right. So. Uh, and, and he did have his chance to make two free throws and brick them both. So that'll be a running storyline if teams decide to hack a bend down the stretch of important games, how he feels about that. Uh, he, unlike Matisse Seibel, he hasn't made any apparent alterations to his jumper. That being said, the biggest thing I was looking for, and this is where I would come in from a Nets POV, I'm looking for any signs of rigidity, awkwardness, hesitation physically, because he had major back surgery. I think he had a micro discectomy. Correct. To, you know, take the pressure off of the sciatic nerve in his legs from a you know L four herniation or whatever it is. He looked pretty good to me. He looked rusty from a basketball standpoint, but I certainly wouldn't worry about that as a Nets fan because so much of what we were frustrated and disappointed by in Philly is not going to be a massive issue with Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Patty Mills flying around the wings over there. You know, because we. Had, we were trying to get the ball into Embiid. We were trying to ISO Tobias Harris against that Atlanta series. So we desperately wanted Ben to be able to score in the half court where he wasn't great at that, obviously. But the Nets don't really need to, him to do that, and we saw that tonight. He could get deflections. He could get steals. He can get out and run. He could get dunks and jump shots and threes. Uh, and when half court comes, you just get the ball to your playmakers, and he's – going to be a problem if you're trying to play him with Nick Claxton at the same time. So I'm not sure oh God, yeah. if they're going to do a lot of that. I guess the idea is Draymond Green, Kavon Looney lineups, but maybe their roster is not finished product and they're going to look to add someone. I don't know. I, I think if you're a Brooklyn fan, I think you're encouraged by the fact that Ben definitely looks spry, which is good because no disrespect to the defensive capabilities of Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, but 
when Boston comes to town or Atlanta comes to town with Trey Young or anybody like that, yeah, Ben Simmons is their defensive stopper for those types of one-on-one hero ball kind of guys. And anything else is gravy. But if you're a Nets fan, you're kind of encouraged by the fact that the back, at least the back seems to have healed. The shot, maybe not so much. He also had some nice looking passes in the lanes and like over his head to Nick Claxton on that one drive. But yeah, the, the defense is what I think Brooklyn fans really need to be the most concerned with. And his defense looked good. It looked it looked decent. Hard yeah. to tell, hard to tell in a preseason game, but you know, Ben was doing Ben things. He out certainly there. showed us he certainly showed us a couple times why we kept reading that the Anthony Melton is not the best ball handler, didn't he? Yeah, oh God, yeah. Jesus. That's a that's a topic for a whole nother podcast. But in the short term, we're gonna take a quick brief commercial break. We're gonna come back and we are going to get into some of the topics that came up on the site over the past week. Is the outside podcast on the Liberty Bowlers Podcast Network back in a flash? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so we talked about the Sixers preseason game. Now let's get on to discussing some of the things that came out on the site last week. For example, I'm going to start with the Talking About podcast, which you had with Sean. And there were some interesting things that were said. First of all, the the entry pass problem. That has been an issue, I want to say, ever since Joel Embiid started playing, you know, healthy starters minutes, like 30, 35 minutes a game. And he has been the primary offensive focus. Uh, You said this on the pod when Doc says, we were a horrible post entry pass team. He's definitely referring to that heat series where Joel was fronted, doubled, a lot of lobs, including one sent by Harden, Maxi, Tobias Harris, and it just went right out of bounds and they just couldn't get to him. That is, I can't believe we're still talking about this. How many years into this? I, I have this, um, I don't know, I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory, but maybe it's along that same line. Um, do you remember the, the game where everyone was like, Joel is so dejected because he didn't win MVP game five yeah. in Miami. Yeah. I, I, so he, first of all, that's ridiculous. Cause he knew weeks ago, like, you know, the straw poll came out. Everybody knew Jokic was going to win at that point. Yeah, so come on. 
the Sixers had so much trouble. Like he was banged up. He had the, the both hands needed surgery. His face was broken. And His was face was broken mess. again. He had a concussion, and the Sixers could not, for the life of them, get him the ball. And at one point, it was like three turnovers, and they threw the ball out of bounds. And he he just decided, you know what? I'm saving this one. And he did the most ridiculous save, and he kind of tweaked his back. And I think that is much more important than any like upset about Jokic to why he didn't play well in that game. And I think the reason he did it was because he was like, oh, I'm not even touching the ball. Like, you guys cannot even get me the ball. Some of that was Miami's defense. Some of that was the Sixers perimeter players' lack of shooting and the Miami's, you know, just fear, not fearing them. So they were like, all right, let's just swarm Harden and Joe. They're, they can't get the ball to Joe easily, and we're not really worried about all these snipers you've got positioned around the wings. All these so, alleged snipers. Exactly. And so I think that's what Doc was referencing. You know, all that difficulty, the, the frustration, even the, the added injuries to just not being able to get him the ball where you want it and saying, like, this has got to be our, like, our jab if, if you were a boxer. You have to master the jab before you can throw any crosses. I like that. I I like that. Uh, I like that analogy there. Uh, the other point of interest that you pointed out, this was all during media day and we kind of touched on this, the assertion that Joe Embiid is going to be way more defensively focused. And I said it last week on the podcast and I continue to agree with it. I think that's the way that Embiid needs to evolve quote unquote this season. I love that. I know you're optimistic about this like crazy, and I, I agree with you. I think this is music to Sixers fans' ears. I think the way you put it is basically like, can he give 80% on offense and 80% on defense for all, for all 100% of his effort, basically? Like, you know, you don't want him overselling all in on one end of the floor because you want to strike that perfect balance. Maybe they could delegate a little bit more of that offensive burden so he doesn't have to try to average 30 because – if the Sixers come into this year with the goal of like, let's be the number one defensive team. And we are going to play all of house Thibel, Melton, Tucker and beads dialed in on that end. And maybe Maxi could make a leap on that end of the floor. We saw Tobias show signs of it in the playoffs last year. There's a lot of potential for this team to lock you down. Good luck. Eastern conference. Uh, um, I, I don't think that I need defensive player of the year level Joel Embiid like that would be awesome but I'll I'll take 60 70 percent like you said 80 on some nights if they're playing you know like Milwaukee or Brooklyn or Boston or you know any one of the top five teams in the east I think there are nights where he can kind of take it easy a little bit and the Sixers still win comfortably like against teams like you know the the Indiana Pacers and Orlando Magics of the world but I I think I'm extremely encouraged to hear that i think it definitely fits especially when you consider the players that were brought in like pj tucker d'anthony melton daniel house still coming back with matisse Thybul. it feels like there is a real focus and commitment to defense this season yeah yeah i agree i don't need any uh regular season awards it would be nice if they were a one seed and the voters were just rectifying their mistake on the last couple of years and just gave them <laughs> an beat all right, lifetime achievement award. You're the one seed this year. We're giving it to him, even if you only average 24 points per game with uh, 67% defensive effort. You're the MVP. That's the one I would take. I would take Melton as six man of the year. That would be fun. 
Um, but I, I don't need any, I don't need him to win the MVP. I don't need him to win the defensive player of the year. I just want them to be healthy going into the playoffs and look good at a good team. And I, it would be awesome and great if this team were like together. And Josh Greeb wrote about the Sixers taking the a summer vacation together. And I thought that was a fantastic idea because let's face it, like these guys, they don't necessarily see each other all the time in the summer and when you can organize something like that it's just it just breeds way more cohesion and i just love it when teams and players get together and do things like that yeah i think pat riley has done stuff like this over the years as a coach i doc played for pat so um pretty fun to see them go to charleston for uh, for camp and so- do some bonding they vacationed in the Hamptons with Mike Rubin, and then they had a large chunk of the offseason in California practicing together, as Josh pointed out. And it just goes to what Harden can, said about it. Like he said, quote, the faster we can build that chemistry off the court, I think it will be a lot better for us on the, on the court. And there's definitely something to be said about offseason hangouts translating into in-season cohesion when it's time to win basketball games. Yeah, it's something that uh, like Bill Simmons has asked Daryl Morey about over the years. You know, he has him like on an annual podcast and he's always like, so chemistry, do you still not think it matters? <laughs> and I think Daryl's evolved to a point where maybe one of the last time he's like, no, I- I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. I do think it matters. I just think it can get overrated or sometimes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he how much he values cohesion this year because they didn't have they haven't had a ton of it over the last several years certainly not around Joel Embiid it feels like there's always a new iteration doesn't it oh absolutely it it always feels like because of a trade or a free agent sign a new free agent signing or in one particular case a holdout there just seems like the cohesion with this team has been off going into a season and the full off season like this and doing group activities or, you know, whatever they call it, uh, team building activities in, you know, business speak. I, I think it's wildly beneficial. There hasn't been a significant monkey wrench this off season. So why the hell not get all the new guys together with some of the guys that have been here and see where everybody's heads at. They certainly uh, hit a home run on the summer vibes. From the white party with Michael Rubin. Oh, the white right? party. The white party. <laughs> I, to to everything that's come out, it just seems like uh, – I mean, when you talk – when you listen to Trez talk about joining the Sixers, it feels like an inevitability, doesn't it? He's like, well – Kind of. Maury drafted him. He played with Harden. He's He won sixth man of the year for Doc. He's played with Tobias. Now they've signed him. It's like, why wasn't he here earlier? So – um, I think there's a lot of vibes. I think Daniel House sounded similar in terms of like, this is exactly where I wanted to be. This is a dream for me. One more Sixers thing. And then I'm, I'm going to hit you with a pop culture, John, because a, a trailer dropped today. But the 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 funny Sixer, John, uh, earlier this as of earlier this month, Joel Embiid is officially American citizen. How about that? Look at how ignorant I am. I always thought he was an American citizen. That's yeah. that's just how much I don't follow the intricacies of the personal lives of my basketball players. In July, Embiid got French citizenship. 
So he can now suit up for the Cameroon, the French, or the U.S. national team. Yeah, I'm not even going to ask which one he should play for. I think he should play for whichever one that he feels the most connected to. Uh, Me personally, I would throw down with Cameroonian team because that's that's the homeland. So might as well do that. Like that's where you're from first. You went to Cameroon, then France, then United States. So let's just just get on that Cameroonian team. I will buy an Olympic Cameroon jersey with Joel Embiid on the back. It would not be the first time that I've done something silly like that. I still have a Nigerian soccer jersey from that last World Cup because those jerseys were fire. But uh, any thoughts, any any opinions, any advice for what Joel Embiid should do when it comes to national teams saying, hey, Joel, why don't you play for our country? No, absolutely no advice. I'm happy You're not touching him. it? You're not touching that at all? I'm with you. Like, if I had to root for him to represent one, I would pick the homeland. I, I would pick um, Cameron's. But as a Sixers fan, I'm like, but if you just wanted to spend the whole summer on your couch or working out with Drew Hanlon and – That's also me, fine. That's also fine. <laughs> so so that's my angle. Um, but I'm happy for him. I think he said he wanted to be an American citizen, at least in part, because his son is now. Yep. So Right? So – just happy for him as a as a man and as a dad and happy to root for him. And perfect segue into the pop culture, John. I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if this is even on your radar, but the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer, like the second trailer dropped today. I cannot tell you how excited I am to see this movie. I am a huge fan of the MCU. I'm sure you and other listeners know this. And I got to be honest, if Joel ever came out in a Black Panther mask, I swear to God, I would lose my effing mind. I, I, I appreciate. I Listen, let's just go the full nine. You do the fandom of the process. Now, like, let's 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 do the Wakanda thing, Joel. Like, seriously, it's your destiny to do this. You should you should start on Paul. Maybe he can get the team to uh, to look into this. Uh, Paul, this is on you now. I know you listen to the podcast because you listen to all the podcasts before you write anything and we appreciate you for that seriously get in on this like start asking around if you have to take a black panther mask with you to camden i will finance (laughs) it okay you might need an xl for joe that's fine i will pay for it it doesn't matter i don't care It, it can be made of the finest materials to make sure that it fits on his face comfortably and i am not the reason that something bad happens to his face I wouldn't, because... I wouldn't be surprised if Joel said, if I never have to wear another mask again, I'll be happy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in general, have you seen, heard, uh, interest in, in the new Black Panther movie that comes out November 11th? No, I, I haven't heard about it. I did, I did go down a massive weekend rabbit hole looking into the Adelstein versus Roby poker cheating scandal. Wow. That, that occupied all of my uh, pop culture attention for at least Saturday evening. So I'm going to have to check that out because I didn't even know that was a thing until right now. Yeah, she she won a huge pot, hundreds of thousands of dollars off like one of the best players in the whole world. Woo! And some professional or a lot of people think that she may have cheated and they don't they do have some some pretty credible theories it's not just oh a girl who's not a, a professional one she must right. have cheated there's also some reason to be a little bit suspicious or a lot suspicious so 
I'm going to withhold my judgment until I learn more, but that's what I was focused on. That's fair. That's fair. And Sixers preseason continues. Uh, they play Cleveland twice and I believe Charlotte, correct? I don't know, actually. I think you're right. I, I think I, I think I'm right. Like, I, obviously, I'll check the tapes because that's just what I do on this podcast. I like to be factual. OK, I don't like I don't like giving out false information here on this podcast. Yeah, it's uh, Cleveland twice and then Charlotte on October 12th. And then the season kicks off October 18th. Dave and I will be recapping the Cavaliers game next Monday. And as I conclude this, as we conclude this podcast, uh, the Sixers have officially won against the Brooklyn Nets 127-108. Tyrese Maxey finished with 20 points. Furkan popping the cork Maz 15 points in 19 minutes. He should have had three more because he did draw a shooting foul on a three-pointer. So he yes. hit him with a nasty pump fake that they just uh, – the refs were just like, let's go home, please. This is the – Third quarter of a preseason game. Let's go home. Julian Champagne was looking nice. 15.6 rebounds. And then Jaden Springer looking really good. I've heard all kinds of great things about his training camp. And then he has parlayed it into a nice little first game with seven points and two rebounds in 16 minutes. Got I got to like getting the young guys some run. Yeah, exciting stuff. Basketball is back. Can't Basketball is back, baby. Next Sixers game is Wednesday, October 5th, 7 p.m. Check your local listings. Check Liberty Ballers for the schedule and how to watch the game. If you have NBA TV, that's probably the best way to do it. But if not, you can join Liberty Ballers on the game threads, libertyballers.com, of course. Listen to all of the Liberty Ballers podcasts on the podcast network, on the VOD Fox Media Platform, where you can find all of your Liberty Ballers needs. I am Adil Royster. You can follow me on Twitter at Adil B. Royster. Dave Early is at David underscore Early. Follow the site at Liberty underscore Ballers. Check the site. Check the tweets. Check the podcast network. Basketball is back. It's back, and we're happy. And we saw we saw Royce O'Neal foul Montrez Harrell. Try to help him up, and Hurl flung his hand away. So we we got dogs in the house this year. Dogs in the house, folks. I'm enjoying it. I love it already. <laughs> Dave, until next week, I will talk to you on the Twitter. And uh, yeah, Cleveland on Wednesday. You think we'll get to? You think we'll see a little Donovan Mitchell on Wednesday? You think they'll just break him out right away? Um, I wouldn't if I were them. I would. I would withhold it for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there, there's something to be said about letting him play in the preseason just to, you know, get like some real on court minutes. With All the right. Starters. Yeah. Let's, let's give him 10 minutes. So sure. He'll be out there. Give him 10 minutes. Like, you give know, him 10 minutes, give him 10 minutes. Kevin, Durant, <laughs> Kevin Durant got 19 minutes. Simmons, Kyrie Irving, they all got 19 minutes. Donovan, you can give us 15 minutes. Like, you okay. You're 10 years younger. You could do 10. Give me, give me 10 minutes. It's fine. Uh, until next week, we'll talk to everybody then and go Sixers again. Sixers playing the Cavaliers Wednesday. Talk to everybody soon. Bye.